Welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast, where today's brightest minds in the medical device industry go to get their most useful and actionable insider knowledge, direct from some of the world's leading medical device experts and companies. This episode of the Global Medical Device Podcast, I really enjoyed uh, the conversation that I had. In fact, I I get a little emotional in the middle of the conversation. It it felt really good to to have this conversation because I I really believe in in, uh, what Andrew DeMeo, the Associate Professor of Biomedical Engineering at NC State and University of North Carolina, I I really believe in, in his mission and what he's trying to do. And and the success that he's been having with the biomedical program uh, at those institutions. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Hello and welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. This is your host, the founder and VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. And I'm really excited about the conversation that we're going to have today. Uh, I'm talking with Andrew DeMeo, Associate Professor of Biomedical Engineering at North Carolina State and the University of North Carolina. Andrew, welcome to the Global Medical Device Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me, John. It's a pleasure. Now, I'm excited about this because you and I have had a chance to chat quite a few times uh, prior to now, but I'm excited because of what you're doing. So why don't you tell us all a little bit about your background and and your experience and, and the types of things that you get to do on a daily basis? All right, great. Well, well, as you know, I'm I'm a professor today in uh, at NC State UNC in biomedical engineering. I teach a class called Senior Design. At the end of the day, it's biomedical product development, innovation, a little bit of flair of entrepreneurship. Um, but it's been a fun background to get me here. You know, I actually started my career in the New York City motion picture industry, designing sets and uh, doing set dressing, props. I uh, went on to study physics and biomedical engineering in, in college, and then went into industry and worked at uh, Alaris Medical Systems. They're now CareFusion, part of the BD um, company. And, and there I was a design engineer, project manager, and, and learned the whole medical device product development process, cradle to grave. It, uh, it really impacted what I do today. Went on to start my own product development service company called Galero. They're now EG Galero, and they're still doing great. Uh, and then I started a trade association for medical device companies in North Carolina. Um, and that was all prior to coming back and doing what I'm doing today uh, here at NC State, which I've, I've been doing for 12 years now. It's kind of hard to believe that it's it's been that long. I know. Time flies. And and I, I maybe it came out when we talked before, but I guess I didn't realize that you were one of the, the founding principals of Galero. That's That's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, man, those were some, some really fun days. You know, we were, we were three, it was, it was Ted Mosler. I'll give you a, if you know about Galera, I'll give you a little uh, clue. The three founders were uh, Todd Kurogi, Ted Mosler, and Andrew DeMeo. <laughs> and, and Galera was the last syllable of each of our last names. <laughs> I and mean, here I thought it was some Italian, uh, uh, you know, uh, dish or something. <laughs> well, that's, that's really cool. So, um, and this is part of what I'm excited about today, because when you and I have talked, um, you know, one of the things that, that I'm passionate about is is trying to share knowledge with people and, and specifically medical device professionals. And, and I think it's really important. I mean, I, I, um, I've done a lot of work, uh, you know, with some different universities, biomedical programs. Sometimes I've gone there to speak or I've shared some content. 
uh, with college students. And, um, and when I talked to you, it was, it was a little bit different. Uh, you're, you're, uh, maybe it's the, the industry background, maybe it's the entrepreneurial background. I'm not really sure, but, but it was very clear that you structure your program uh, for, for students in, a, in a, a quite a different way. You put a much heavier emphasis on quality and regulatory for students. So why do you think that's so important? Well, I got to tell you, this goes back to the days that I was at Alaris Medical Systems with, with Ted and Todd and the team up there. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, so when I first started, I had never heard of the FDA's quality system regulations, you know, and I, I had a, at the time I had a master's in biomedical engineering, went to work for a medical device company. And then it was just like, read all these standard operating procedures, you know, watch these videos, learn from the FDA. And, and it was, you know, it was overwhelming, but it was just part of the job. To me, it was, it was not that big of a deal, but what, what I'll never forget was a young engineer uh, you know, and I was a little older for whatever it's worth. You know, I was I was a little bit more mature because I had done some other things in the movie business and whatnot. But uh, we hired a kid fresh out of school. He came from Penn State. He picked up and he moved to North Carolina. You know, got him got a car, a place to live. You know, he like was like starting a whole new life, and he was this really energetic, young, creative kid. And uh, he was working for for the product development group with us. And within a few months just was miserable. It was like he was trapped in this cage. Um, and he, he hated it. He couldn't stand being in this regulated environment. And, and I thought, wow, you know, this is, it, it was, it just was a story that stuck with me. Um, and certainly, you know, when, when, I had to maintain the design history file when I worked in those days. And then when Ted Todd and I started Galera, we had to implement our own quality system. So we had to set one up. So I had this experience of setting up a quality system for a company. Um, you know, and here I am hired to teach a senior design course in biomedical engineering at NC state back in 2006. And, you know, I had this, my mission at the time was give the students the best education in the world. That's what I wanted to give them, you know, how to do it. You know, what, what was I going to deliver to them? And so I just wanted to give them the best of everything I knew from industry, which, which included quality system regulations. I wanted to find out what the best academic practices were going on in, in the world. And there was a fellowship program going on at Stanford called Biodesign, which, which no one knew too much about way back then. The, the book hadn't been published yet. Um, but it was this story about the student that, that sort of guided me in, in the importance of, hey, I want you to live it now. You're going to live this in this class. And two things are going to happen. One, I'm, gonna, I'm going to show you how you can be innovative and creative within a regulated environment and how badly we as an industry need that. Um, it's sort of like there's a group of people that fit really well into this regulated environment, but they're maybe not the most creative people. And then there's these really creative people that, that can't stand it and we're losing them. And therefore the industry is losing very talented, creative people. And I wanted to be able to say, you can do this, you can do both. Um, and if you really do hate it, you found out here before you moved <laughs> you know, to a whole new state and started yeah. a whole new life, you yeah. know, um, and so, so that was the inspiration at the beginning, for sure. 
Yeah. And you, you said something there that, that I, I really, uh, I wanted to, to add to what you said, you know, creative, regulated, uh, sometimes those seem like those are conflicting uh, um, principles or, or criteria, uh, and certainly in our industry these days. The other thing that I see happening is for those who have kind of stuck with it for a period of time, uh, they get so disenfranchised uh, years later that that it, they kind of lose themselves. You know, they may still continue to go through the motions at their medical device company doing the thing that they need to do, but they feel stuck. Uh, working in and too uh, restrictive of, a, of an environment, whether that be you know, perceived uh, external regulations that are, are forcing me to do certain things or just internal processes that we put in place at companies. So I see that a lot too, where people just get disenfranchised or, and they, they kind of lose their identity, uh, but yet they continue to kind of go through the motions. And, and that's not fun either. Right. Agreed. I mean, I've been that guy. I, <laughs> uh, there was a, there's a time like people, I used to work in industry for a large company years ago, and I did a lot of work in product development uh, for quite a few years, and it was fascinating. I mean, when I tell people that I used to get cocktail, literal cocktail napkin sketches from doctors for concepts and ideas, uh, and then I actually would take that and go to the next step, prototype, test, all those sorts of things. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's cliche, but it is real. You know, I've done it. You've done it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're doing it now with, with your students, I can imagine, as, as part of the program as well. Mm-hmm. But, um, but then there got to be a point where, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was trying to climb that ladder, you know, just trying to get to that next step. And that next step was, was a more bureaucratic, and, you know, it was, more, it was more stifling, you know, and, and any creativity that was left in me at that moment in time completely got sucked out of my being. And, and, um, I ended up leaving the company a couple of years later. At that moment in time, I could not have told you why I left. I just knew I needed to. Right? Something right. inside said, go do something else. You know, and fast forward many years later, and, and um, uh, I ended up start, starting Greenlight Guru. We built this fantastic software platform. And, and, uh, and I guess that's my message to, to folks is, you know, if you're in this, this industry or any industry, it doesn't really matter, frankly. Be passionate about what you do you know, love it, you know, embrace it. If, if you can't do that, then life is just too short. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? It's, uh, I, well, I can't agree more. Be passionate about what you do for sure. I think it's kind of funny that, um, here we are both of us at a point in our career, finding ourselves stifled in our jobs for whatever reason. And, and I left and started Galero. And the first thing we did was set up a quality system because we had to and and you left and started you know a, a software system for maintaining quality right you know it's, yeah. it's like it's almost like the world that um maybe caused some of the bureaucracy was also the place to be innovative in you know it's kind of an interesting oh, uh, I, yeah I, I hadn't thought about that but you know i, I always describe myself as a system thinker you know I, I can see uh, flow charts on my mind of all these different process steps. Um, but yeah, I, that's a really good point. Like the, the motivating factor for me to start Greenlight was the, the status quo of conventional wisdom. Uh, it was wrong it, and, and it was preventing people from getting things done. Like I sometimes hear engineers say, oh, I hate design controls. Uh, and I'm like, no, you don't you hate the process. <laughs> you don't hate design controls because design controls is what we do as product development engineers. It's 
we're all trying to design the best product possible that is going to be the safe and effective for, for patients. And that's the whole premise behind design controls. If you hate design controls, chances are the process that you're operating under is, is uh, the wrong process. Agreed. Yeah. And, or you just don't know why you're, you, you're subject to this process, right? right? It's just something that's been put upon you without a, without a particular reason. You know, if we can go to work and know, Hey, look, do you want your products to be safe and effective for the patients that they reach? Yes, of course I do. Well, we've got to put some controls around that, you know? And so there's, there's a good reason for these controls to be there. And, and in fact, they're part of what makes the output of the, the class that I teach and companies that do a good job, what makes the output so good is because they're committed to, they're committed to a process of, of developing safe and effective products. And in today's age that lower the cost of care and improve health outcomes also, you know, that's, yeah. that's, another, that's of course, extremely, extremely important. Right, right. Folks, I just want to uh, remind you, I'm talking to Andrew DeMeo. Andrew is the Associate uh, Professor of Biomedical Engineering at NC State and UNC. And we're talking a little bit about what inspires us, of course, but, but more importantly, you know, what each of us is, can do to, to try to help, uh, I guess, elevate the, the entire industry. I mean, we didn't say that yet, but that's really what we're trying to do is, is inform people about how to operate in in a professional manner, but do so that that promotes creativity and innovation rather than stifling it. Um, so, Andrew, one of the I, I don't I should have looked, but I can't. I didn't look, and I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how you and I got connected. But you know, maybe it was the universe that brought us together. But I, I, you know, I don't not so worried about that. But but I'm glad that that happened. And one of the things that I don't remember if it was the first time we talked, or the second time, or, or even the third time, but there was a light bulb that went off for me. Uh, as as you shared some of your story and your background, and the light bulb was, you know, this this guy Andrew is is teaching and working with students all day every day, and for years uh, I have been trying to communicate to other biomedical programs. You know, I've been asked, what can we do at at the at, at, within our program to help better prepare biomedical engineers when they enter the the workforce? And every single time I said to them. You need to do more about teaching quality and regulatory. You need to do more about teaching quality and regulatory. And when I spoke with you, like you, you were telling me that, you know, and, and uh, I was like, hey, Andrew, I got this idea. Greenlight has a software platform, an EQMS software platform that's designed specifically for the medical device industry. What if we work together to put Greenlight Guru in place in as part of your curriculum and, and with your students? And... Uh, you love the idea, and now you've been using the platform as part of your courses now for uh, I guess we're looking at almost two months. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how how are things going with that? It's uh, it's been just an unbelievable experience. I can't tell you how much uh, how, how blessed we feel to have the generosity of Greenlight to to give this give the students the opportunity to work you know, in, in a real enterprise software system, it's like, you can see on their faces that they know that they're doing something that's adding value for their future job search, you know? Um, and, and so what, what it's done, it's, you know, when I, when I started this, this course in 2006, um, I created a quality system in my head, 
you know, it's like, it's sort of like the, I don't know if you ever read the E-Myth revisited, like the, the when the technician yeah. goes to work, they just like, they just go to work doing what they do and all the processes are not written down and formalized. And so, so the quality system came from my head to the students. Like you will do this five phase process. You will complete all of these deliverables. This is how you will name them. This is how you will revise them. (laughs) And, and it, it worked fantastic for the first, you know, few years when class sizes were 35, 40, 45, 50. But as they grew to 60, 70, now we're now 80 kids in the class. Um, that was wow. not a very scalable thing. Yeah. Um, and then it's another thing to have a guy that's fresh out of industry bringing this to the table versus a person around for 12 years. Now you're just like, you know, you're, you're, what you teach isn't taken as, as literally by the students as something that's important. Um, sure. And so I've always wanted to make them live it. Like this is real life. This is living in a medical device company. Every company has a system. And instead of, instead of using the system that I've sort of ad hoc created for you out of my head and experience over the past 12 years, you're going to use a system that's real, a real enterprise system. And so, you know, I, I create this sort of simulation of a company. You don't come into my classroom, you come into a company and we have a mission. And our mission is to produce proof of concept to fill an unmet medical need by the end of the academic year. You identify that need in a hospital with, you know, at the point of care. You propose solutions, you take it through the product development process. This is a real company. And we have real outputs over the years. You know, one of the companies, so the, We've had five spin-out companies come out of the class. This is not an entrepreneurship class. This is just a regular class required for all students. But the process itself is so rigorous and so good that that the output is high-quality output. And so, for example, 410 Medical, look it up. It's It's a company based in Durham, North Carolina that started as five five young women in a hospital meeting a clinician, uh, Dr. Mark Peel. And that was sort of the beginning of what then became what is today for 410 Medical. Um, and so I'm sort of simulating as real life as possible. Well, what Greenlight's done is turn that simulation up, you know, like an order of magnitude, right? I mean, it's no, it, the simulation is so much more real. You know, you're not using my back of the book, back of the napkin quality system. This is the real deal right here, you know, and it's forced me to, to up my game too. You know, it's like when I said, well, if I, I'm really starting a company, I really just got a new enterprise software package. I got to learn this thing too, you know, and I've been writing, I've been cranking out new standard operating procedures, new guidance documents, because, you know, with using green light, we've had to, we've had to institute some new best practices within our, within our program that works for our company here inside the walls of an academic institution. It's just been, we've all grown for it. I've grown for it. The students have grown for it. It's been, it's been really an incredible experience. I'm really at a loss for words and, and you can see my face. I know that those listening uh, won't see my face, but Thank you for sharing that because um, 
I had no idea, right? I had an idea that it would be helpful, um, but I really had no idea how impactful that that this little experiment that you and I came up with, uh, I had no idea how impactful that would truly be. And and um, I'm kind of emotional right now. So, um, but it's a good thing, you know, it's a really good thing. So I'm so thrilled that we've we've been able to, to help, you know, with that because I'm, um, I really do. We're at a time of a lot of uncertainty throughout the world, but certainly in the medical device industry right now, a lot of big changes that are happening, uh, you know, with all the changes in Europe, with the regulations, all the changes with 1345, the single audit program, and there are probably a few others. But, you know, now more than ever, uh, we need some some solid foundation. We need some certainty. Um, We need some clarity. And we need some simplicity, not not making things more complicated. There's way too many rules that that um, that are seem to be put in place. And, and I get, you know, you need some structure. I'm not a I'm not saying we need anarchy, but we need some structure. But um, but at the same time, I mean, it, it has a diminishing return if it's too rigorous. Uh, and, and that's you know the the light that we try to shine, I, I suppose, here at Greenlight as well. That you know, let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it straightforward. Let's make it as as um, as easy to use as we possibly can, and and do so in a way that that really helps people understand why they're doing these things. So that's been great to hear. Um, you know, one of the I know enough about you that 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 uh, that uh, you've probably shared just a, you know a small piece of who you are and and. And uh, what drives you and you're passionate about? I've I've had a chance to read some of your blog posts. Um, I'll be sure to share that with folks as well uh, on on the link that accompanies this. But um, I know you have a bigger idea. So tell me, what is your big idea? You know, I mean, my big idea is about it's about collaboration. Um, I think my symbol, my symbol for this is uh, if you've ever been driving down the road and seen a cell tower wrapped in a in like tree branch have you ever seen this you know? um i know a cell if, tower if wrapped in a tree it, yeah keep an eye out I, you know well here in here in north carolina i don't know if they're all over the country but you can sort of drive <laughs> around and you see this tall tall cell tower and uh, and they want to make it a little bit more aesthetically pleasing for for the landscape so they wrap it in like a, it looks like an artificial christmas tree wrap <laughs> you know <laughs> forgive me for going into this area, but this, this is just sort of a, I call it my symptom for a siloed world. This is a a world in which um, we have business people who identify a need um, and come up with the specifications and the requirements for such a tower engineers that build this tower and uh, designers who come in and at the last minute sort of wrap it in uh in tree branch and and i i just can't help but think why can't all of these folks work together from the beginning and design an environmentally friendly inherently beautiful functional affordable cell tower and and my message in the medical device industry is while it is kind of um it's not pretty in say telecommunications it's the thing that's going to make your awesome innovation fail in the medical device industry. We can't afford to wrap it in a tree branch at the end. 
you know, we as, as engineers need to be working with marketing, with industrial design, um, with cross-functional teams, the clinicians themselves, and trying to understand the needs from the very beginning, documenting those needs from the very beginning, um, doing a business case, understanding if there's a market, can we reduce the cost of care with the solution? Can we improve health outcomes? What is the regulatory burden up front? And, and think about all of these things at the very beginning, because this is the only way that really innovative products are going to find their way to patients. And so this is, this is what I'm really passionate about. And, and, there's no reason why we can't be doing this on college campuses. You know, we've got all the expertise we need here at a place like NC State. Um, we've got a college of management, a college of design. You know, we've got College of Engineering, one of the best in the, in the nation. We've got local hospitals that have been so generous to open up their doors to us. Hospitals like, like Rex and Duke and Wake Med, all the hospitals are welcoming our students in there. And it's just unbelievable the generosity from the community and companies like yours. And we have all the pieces in place, but the silos have to come down. The silos have to come down for people to be able to work together to, to do this, to together make life life-saving, life-changing products, you know, for, for everyone. And, and so that's the, that's the big thing that I think about every single day. I don't remember if I've shared this with you, but, but at the risk that I have, just pretend like it, it's the first time you're hearing it. But for those <laughs> who are listening, uh, I, I got into the medical device industry accidentally. Uh, it wasn't a planned path. Uh, I did, as I have a chemical engineering degree, and uh, I don't junior year or maybe it was senior year. But I think it was junior year. I took you know engineers have to take electives in other engineering disciplines, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, great. So I had some friends that were taking some of the the biomedical courses, and and I did. And I'm like, yeah, you should try it. And uh, if I'm being honest, it was actually because I I needed a, a GPA booster, and I heard some of those courses <laughs> were a little bit easier. But, <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, it was fascinating. You know, it was like, wow, I had no idea. Uh, you know, here I'm probably 20, uh, maybe 21 at the time. And I, had, I hadn't even considered the possibility of being an engineer to design medical devices. The thought didn't even enter my mind. And um, I was in college in the, the late 90s. And it was the, the, the dot-com era. Um, you know, if you're a little bit younger, you may not know what the dot-com era is, but you can look it up. But all this, these tech companies were starting to, to just like explode, you know. Uh, and, and so that changed the, the job market in a big way, especially for engineers. I remember electrical engineers, computer engineers, software engineers, like they could, they were getting like, in some cases, uh, six-figure offers right out of school. And it was like mind-blowing. Like, what is going on? This is not real. But the other thing was happening in, in the chemical engineering job market. Uh, there was a contraction. There weren't a lot of jobs available. You know, and I, didn't, I had an opportunity to go work at a potato chip factory, but I don't even like potato chips. So, um, so I'm like, yeah. But I have friends who had opportunities at, or had gotten job offers at a medical device company, uh, Cook Medical uh, in Bloomington, Indiana. 
And they're like, you should, should apply. They're hiring other engineers. And I'm so fortunate that I did because it took a chance on me, you know. Um, maybe they just needed a warm body. I don't know. But, but I'm so grateful for, for having that chance. And once I understood, like, the, the impact of, of what I got to do on a daily basis as a medical device professional and the types of products that I can design and the impact and the, and, and the help that the products that I'm involved with provide to, to real patients all day, every day, I knew that I was never going to leave this industry. I, I know that even what, what I do today, that, that what we're doing at Greenlight is improving the quality of life. That's, that's why I do this. Now you got me speechless. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, well, I'll, I'll say the biomedical engineering degree is, is rigorous in a really different way because it's so diverse in what you need to learn. But at the same time, you know, a company like Cook needs chemical engineers, you know, and companies like uh, Intuitive Surgical, they need mechanical engineers, you know, and they hire all kinds of engineers. And, you know, my phone will ring because I'm the guy who teaches biomedical engineering at NC State and I'll pick it up and it'll be, you know, hey, we're from Teleflex Medical. Do you have any finance students in your class? So they need, yeah. they need finance students, right? And, and, and so, you know, they each, everyone serves a really interesting role in, in industry. The biomedical engineers are almost like glue. They hold, like, they wear so many different hats. They can kind of communicate to different parts of the organization and they're so good at that um but the thing you know it, when we get back to this collaboration piece it's if we could bring these these tools of quality and regulatory reimbursement understanding medical economics to those that really want to go into this industry and those that really want to go into this industry i think include not just biomedical engineers, but the chemical and the electrical and the mechanical engineers, business students, industrial design students, finance students, art students. You know, you, you, they, all, they all play a role in the industry. Um, and the more that we can expose them to the, the regulations that they're going to see and the environment that they're going to be in and how important it is to be working with each other now while they're in college, um, yeah, hit the ground running in industry, and and uh, we can we can make the world a better place for sure. Well, Andrew, this is um, I really enjoyed uh, yet another installment in our conversation, uh, and I'm glad that that we get to share this with the medical device uh, world and and anybody else who might be a little bit curious about the medical device industry. Before we wrap up today, any parting words or thoughts or, or things that that uh, you you hope that that um, others may pick up from, from you and I talking today? Wow. Uh, I just want to say, you know, whatever it is that you're doing out there, ask the question, why, you know, why am I doing this? And, uh, and, and have an answer that you can be really, really passionate about every day. And, uh, and other than that, just thank you so much for your generosity and, and working with me and my students and sort of giving a, a new, new, life into the class you know at sure. 12 years we got a nice jolt and that's uh, really <laughs> nice to get that from green light yeah well you're welcome and folks i've been talking to andrew DeMeo, the associate uh professor of biomedical engineering at nc state and unc and i appreciate him sharing some of his insights and, and this opportunity to, to chat and share that with you today uh, as we've talked a little bit about today there 
Greenlight Guru, you probably heard that a time or two. You may be familiar with what we do, but we have built a world-class, best-of-breed software platform for managing all things quality and, and in a way that makes it, you know, I, I think fun. And, and I guess, Andrew, you could share whether or not students are having fun using the Greenlight system, but I think it is fun. Uh, and it's and it's straightforward and it's simple. So if if you're you know at a point where you're frustrated with design controls or you're frustrated with your quality system or you're frustrated with your Kappa and, and you're looking for a better way, I, I do encourage you to reach out to us. Go to www.greenlight.guru. Wealth of information on our website. But but if you want to learn more, you can request a demo and uh, we'd be happy to chat with you. And as we wrap up, uh, I want to thank all of you for listening and continue to share our podcast with your friends. Uh, we're found on the Greenlight blog. We're also found on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and, and anywhere else, frankly, that you can consume your podcast material. And this is John Spear, your host, the founder, VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru. And you have been listening to the Global Medical Device Podcast.